welcome to Kenobi, a Star Wars podcast by Fantastic Geek, your official, unofficial podcast for the Outer Rim. My name is Matt, and joining me is Pete. Hello there, Pete. Hello there, Matt. Hello there, everyone. Kenobi, a Star Wars podcast by Fantastic Geek for Obi-Wan Kenobi Part 6, the season series finale, uh, comes to you now. On our schedule, Pete, of course, tomorrow we'll be talking Star Trek Strange New Worlds, episode uh, 108. Looking ahead to the following week, still going to be doing Ms. Marvel on Marvel Fridays. Might be some movement after that. Uh, but of course, next week as well, wrapping up the six-episode arc of Kenobi. Uh, so busy times ahead, fun times ahead, even as this show has reached its... Uh, what was it on the Disney thing? The action-packed special event finale. Yeah, remains to be seen if there could still be more Obi-Wan Kenobi, both executive producer and star Ewan McGregor and uh, producer Deborah Chow, director as well, has said that if the fans want more, there'll be more. Which is exciting because the data point that Disney shared was the first episode was the biggest thing on Disney Plus mm -hmm. ever. So one would think the fans want more. I think there's a hunger. I think like this series, they've they've got to show the restraint. But given the response, Matt, given some of the, uh, I don't know, shall we even deign to call it journalism? Like, hmm. Will Luke Skywalker die in the Obi-Wan Kenobi finale? Uh, that was the... I saw somebody share that on Twitter as a screen cap, so you couldn't click on the link or whatever, and I was like, somebody has clearly mocked up a thing. And then I searched for that headline. I'm like, this is a real article. Well, this is a real headline. I know, Pete, that sometimes headlines are not written by the, by the writer. Maybe it's to get me to read further. And no, most of that almost every time the headline is not written by the writer. <laughs> um, but I was like, you know, is this clickbaity or is this to get me to engage with it? No, most of that article was wondering if Disney was going to reveal that this took place in another canon timeline. Da, da, da. And it's like, no, no, at no point. Look, I had all my fun towards the end of this episode. Oh, no, what will she do? She's coming back to the moisture farm with the, his body is he i had my fun in the moment but at no point at no point was i even considering that that was a possibility because you know the lone star wars timeline um but sure go ahead and write the articles you want to write i suppose in something that might have been changed matt uh liam neeson gave an interview of course referencing his return here after 25 years as qui-gon jinn little surprised he didn't have a little bit more of a part but yet we still got him and spoke about his motivation he did not want anyone else to play his star wars character yeah i know that he said he was also uh he also felt compelled due to his friendship with ewan mcgregor uh, as well as a sense of loyalty to george lucas um so all all great reasons for him to be back and great to hear that there was happiness throughout the realm as uh, Liam Neeson came back.
We've been Obi-Wandering through these Star Wars. Here's what we saw on Tatooine. A merchant pours water when a burly man shoves a customer out of the way. Reva has something to say, though, and Force pushes the water out of his hand. She grunts softly as her wound is bandaged about her waist. She removes her hood as she tells the merchant she's looking for a moisture farmer named Owen. We cut to uh, Kenobi and the escaping folks ship on the run being chased by a quite large Star Destroyer. The music here, quoting liberally from John Williams, i.e. the uh, Star Destroyer is chasing you music uh, from Empire Strikes Back. Vader calls for more firepower, uh, for that firepower to be increased. It looks like a lot of firepower. That is a, that is a legit increase there, Lord Vader. Uh, the, the hero ship is nicked. And Roken says it's hyperdrive. Don't worry, everybody. It's almost fixed. Ships, uh, shields in the ship uh, to the rear. Things are going to be fine. Things are going to be fine. Yeah, we're heading to Tessin. Uh, but Obi-Wan finds it's not fine. Uh, learning privately here that the hyperdrive motivator is shot and their power couplings are bad. Roken is working on it, but the shields won't last forever and he needs more time than they have. Obi-Wan looks around at frightened passengers as Leia uses Lola to lift the spirits of a little boy. A not-that-patient Owen brings Luke to a parts shop for a new belt for their speeder that somebody broke. The water merchant comes in and tells Owen about Reva. Yes, there's something you need to know, cliche. Back we go to Kenobi. Oh, man, Pete, it's almost like we're in... We're in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. times, the classic cross-cut to keep tension up here. Back to Kenobi. His plan is to split up. He explains it to everyone. This will give you all time. Uh, no, no, you can't leave us. No, I can, he says. This group has protected the Jedi. This is his chance to repay that. You are all the future. Uh, Leia, at this point, says no and walks off. Uh, Haja uh, says to Obi-Wan, give her some space. Uh, but it is now up to Haja to get Leia home. He gives his word, the word of a liar and a fake Jedi. But you know what, Pete, for Obi-Wan Kenobi, who sometimes as it has been noted on social media, looks like another bearded fellow with love in his heart. You know what? The word of a liar and a fake Jedi, that's good enough. Baru Lars works on the homestead when Owen returns and tells Luke to go inside. He brings his wife in as well and tells her Ben is gone, which she blames him for owen says they need to leave but baru won't leave their home and won't put anyone else in danger as she opens a weapons cache predicting reva will come when the suns go down a bit of a reminder pete as to what can happen when you uh sell short the potential of women turns out baru has hidden her weapons but now she's ready to fight back uh, on kenobi's ship leia is now ready to listen uh, though she does say that Kenobi uh, said that he would take her home. Now he can't do that. But he has a gift for her. It's Tala's holster. She notes it's empty. Uh, but of course, as a 10-year-old, she wasn't going to get a blaster. Uh, they hug. And this is really an incredibly tender moment. Uh, and Ben Kenobi does promise to come back. Later, he holds his lightsaber as the power flickers and tells his master, Qui-Gon Jinn, he has to face Vader. 
It ends today, but not really. Roken asks if he's ready and tells him the dropship is all set, but he doesn't have to do it. Roken senses he wants to fight Vader. Obi-Wan tells him to keep them safe, which Roken echoes. Obi-Wan tells him to keep leading people. Oh, he's just getting started. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, we see the <laughs> dropship, you know, drop as it is supposed to do. Uh, Vader knows the Kenobi is on it. The Grand Inquisitor, uh, Pete, that's the OG Grand Inquisitor, by the way, uh, says that they, of course, should follow the insurgents on the main ship. But Vader wants Kenobi. Uh, an exterior shot of things shows just that as the Star Destroyer turns away from the hero ship to chase Kenobi down. We go back to Tatooine where the family is preparing. Owen telling Luke uh, that he needs to hide from the Tuscans. Okay, some, some Tuscan shaming there. Baru gives him a hug before they uh, kind of kachunk, close the door shut in the in the innermost uh, space on the farm. Obi-Wan's ship heads for an unnamed planet and Vader orders his ship prepared to face him alone. Obi-Wan lands on the craggy surface and Vader's shuttle heads down. Obi-Wan finds Lola in his robe and places her on the dashboard. Yes, Lola is nervous. I know this because the the uh, closed captions tell me nervously uh, chirping, <laughs> nervously chirping, nervously beeping, and so forth. Back to the moisture farm. Reva approaches, uh, setting off the perimeter alarm. She readies her saber, but then we're back to Kenobi's planet, Pete, which I might want to maybe call Planet Rockspire because it has lots of rock spires. <laughs> It's um, as good as any. We didn't yeah. get a name. <laughs> um, They're usually so good about that. Like, you know, I thought, is this Tessin? But this isn't where they were headed and really doesn't look like anywhere you'd head to take anybody. But, yeah, I like Planet Rockspire as well. Pete, maybe that's the appeal of Tessin. People think they wouldn't go there on account of all the Rockspires. Um, but anyhow, uh, we're on that planet again. Vader lands and descends from the ramp surveys the landscape seeing that kenobi is waiting they face one another and vader wonders if obi-wan is there to destroy him kenobi is ready to do what he must uh then he will die the fight starts here and it is the, the beginning. classic two finger over the head fighting stance from obi-wan from the prequels the whole thing is just the start of a glorious glorious fight you're never gonna you're never going to have a circumstance where you're going to undo the fact that the Vader Kenobi showdown in New Hope, in retrospect, has now been surpassed by better fights. Nor should you, you know, special, special edition it to be it better, uh, to make it better. It is what it is. This, however, is not going to be held back by not being better than that fight. That has better emotional stuff. End of Kenobi, blah, blah, blah. This is just fight choreography time. Well, I think, too, they've earned where Obi-Wan is in this series in terms of rebuilding, reestablishing his power, um, using the surface of the setting to fight. You know, there's rolling and, you know, obviously the rock spires, everything. He wasn't going to roll around on the, uh, you know, station at Mustafar. Uh, really wouldn't have worked with volcanic ash. Oh, look, I just rolled in that. That's not good. 
Um, so it, it works for what this is here. On Tatooine, Reva ignites her blade, and Owen and Baru open fire to attempt to slow her down and put objects in her way, clearly still struggling from having had uh, her gut cauterized by Darth Vader's lightsaber. Back to Darth Vader. You might have heard, Pete, he's fighting Obi-Wan Kenobi. The fight continues. Rocks are smashed. Uh, sparks are flying. Kenobi knocks down a spire, sending it toward Vader, but Vader force catches it, uh, sends more flying back towards him, uh, enough to down Kenobi for a moment. Vader cracks the earth, sending Kenobi into a pit. Spire after spire is pulled down on him. Vader wonders if Kenobi could truly defeat him. You have failed, master. And with that, Vader walks off, continuing the proud Star Wars tradition of not checking to see if the job is actually completed. <laughs> Reva knocks Owen down as she notes he really loves Luke as his own, which he affirms, but she wants justice. He hits her wounds and she knocks him off the catwalk, yelling to Baru that she's coming. Baru buys time for Luke, who climbs out and runs off into the desert. She grunts and gives chase. Back to Kenobi. He's down but not out. He hears the voices of the past in his mind. He focuses on the memories of young Luke and young Leia. Mostly Leia, since, you know, that's where the available footage is. But it inspires him to force push his way out of the rocks. Out of the pit, he goes a-leaping. Vader, at this point, is slowly walking to his shuttle, then pauses, finding Obi-Wan Kenobi there for round two of the fight. Vader uh, Force catches uh, Kenobi's blade, which is kind of then mirrored by Kenobi Force-pushing Vader into a spire, raising rocks all around him, pelting Vader over and over. Uh, magnificent, magnificent. <laughs> Reva reaches a rocky outcropping where Luke continues to elude her before we're back with Obi-Wan bashing in Darth Vader's breathing control panel and hacking across his back. He then force pushes him back and leaps at him, slashing him across the helmet, um, revealing his haunting face and that of actor Hayden Christensen. Obi-Wan addresses him as Anakin, but Vader tells him Anakin's gone in Anakin's voice. Yes, a very, very good bit of sound mixing between Hayden Christensen and James Earl Jones, or the James Earl Jones voice deepfake. Um, I maybe would have liked a little bit more of blurring between the two, but I, I get what they're doing here. That's Hayden Christensen. That's James Earl Jones. Hey, they're doing it. Um, Kenobi, for his part, Pete, big acting moment from the double Emmy winner here. Uh, Kenobi is sorry for all of it. Uh, but the response is that Anakin isn't his failure. Kenobi didn't kill Anakin Skywalker. I, Vader, did. Uh, there's a pause, dramatic pause, the same way that he will destroy Kenobi. Then his friend is truly dead. And, uh, Kenobi referring to uh, Vader as Darth telling him goodbye. Uh, Vader wheezes and screams after Obi-Wan as his ship leaves the planet. Pete Kenobi turning his back 
on Darth Vader. Okay, the last time Anakin got a burn like that was on Mustafar. Wow. Reva finally finds Luke, and Obi-Wan senses it from his ship, jumping to hyperspace. Luke lays at Reva's feet as she ignites her blade, but can't bring herself to do what was done to her as we see flashbacks of uh, Anakin in the Jedi Temple during Order 66, integrated with what Darth Vader had done to her uh, in the previous episode. Overhead, we see Kenobi flying uh, to the moisture farm, uh, hearing Owen and Baru calling for Luke. They'll all look for him, but then Baru spots a shape in the distance, Reva carrying Luke's form, uh, but... Spoiler alert, and despite what that one website writer predicted last week, Luke lives. Uh, Reva kneels in uh, ostensible physical pain and emotional agony. She couldn't do it. She couldn't act as Vader did. And Kenobi notes that Mercy has brought peace, uh, and Mercy is her way of honoring the dead. She has chosen not to become like Vader. What's next is up to her. She considers her lightsaber and tosses it aside. Pete all the kids throw their lightsabers away on Tatooine, okay? And now both Reva and Kenobi are free. There is, in retrospect now, a lot of lightsabers on Tatooine <laughs> and, and have been for some time. Uh, on Mustafar, a resuited Vader speaks with the Emperor in his castle, telling him, Probes are tracking every system within range and they'll destroy everything in their path until Kenobi is found. The Emperor tells Vader he seems agitated <laughs> and Vader vows Obi-Wan will not elude him again. But the Emperor wonders if his feelings for his old master have weakened him. Uh, Vader assures him Kenobi means nothing and he serves only him as the imperial march plays us out we kind of cut to black because it's an end then we fade in on the lush planet of alderaan leia is dressing in princessly white with brown leather boots hair done just so plus uh, fingerless gloves and the empty holster mom comes in mom loves the holster a ship is landing and leia mom and bail are there to greet the ship Leia notes uh, that there are many ways to lead. However, she wants to change a few things. Bale says, let's change things together. A nice reminder of what can be done when you work together. So, Pete, who's here? Cousins? More cousins to burn? No, it's Obi-Wan returning Lola, which Leia leaps immediately toward. Bale and Brea thank him, but he fears for her future, Bale does as the Empire grows stronger and bolder. If they ever need Obi-Wan's help again, they know where to find him. Leia asks Obi-Wan what he will do now, and she tells him she thinks he should sleep. Ha 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 ha. But he kneels down and tells Princess Leia Organa in a really well-done moment between both actors here that she is wise, discerning, and kind-hearted like her mother, and passionate, fearless, and forthright like her father. Both were exceptional people who bore an exceptional daughter, and he wishes he could tell her more, but she says that's okay. 
they hug and depart as the, uh, does Kenobi as the Force theme plays. Kenobi's ship takes off, and we see him later packing up the contents of his cave. Uh, he does, however, find that T-16 model in a bag. Uh, but the cave is now properly empty, and he leaves, despite the fact that some people were pondering if he's going to spend, I read this online, if he's going to spend the next 10 years living in the cave, which is not how we find him in the movie that came out like 45 <laughs> years ago, but fine. It's like, it's like no one's ever watched any of these things. It's amazing. Uh, at the moisture farm, Owen sees Kenobi approach, all while Luke is playing off to the side. Kenobi dismounts his ride, and Owen says he thought Kenobi would keep his distance. Uh, and Kenobi says that Owen was right. Luke just needs to be a boy. The future can take care of itself, which is both charming and also, hey, Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru, how's that work out for you? But but good news, Pete, Owen and Beru are going to be the ones protecting him. But wait, Pete, there's more. Yes. Not only is Obi-Wan wearing the outfit from the comics here with the different type of robe, the lighter uh, tunic and the goggles as he goes to remount his Yopi, that beast of burden there. Owen asks if Obi-Wan wants to meet Luke. Hello there. Later, I, I must say credit to the thing here. We don't need to actually see them talking because whatever it's going to be is not going to be as just delightful as we want it to be, nor is it going to be as quasi unmemorable as it is for 10 year old Luke is just like, Oh, I met a guy who was kind of nice and they probably don't mention his name because that's how you keep canon. And they just, they, 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 they go past it. The meeting is beautiful in our hearts the later. Only possible response to hello. There is what Matt. Um, this is pod racing. No, <laughs> this is pod racing. <laughs> general Kenobi. Uh, oh, there you go. If, if only young Luke had said General Kenobi and said it like uh, General Grievous. <laughs> Later, Kenobi is riding off, I'm assuming Pete, into the Dune Sea. Uh, seeing, wait, what is that blue wispy form? It is, of course, Qui-Gon Jinn appearing. Uh, he says it took Kenobi long enough. Uh, Qui-Gon has always been there, but Kenobi wasn't ready to see. Uh, however, they better get a move on because they have a ways to go. And... The end. Time to comb the desert for some clues. Pete, first one here. Uh, I can say not a theory, but a fact. Fact, Emmy update. None of these episodes will be Emmy nominated this summer. You know how I know? Because the cutoff has already happened. So there is a... There is a blurring on the cutoff, and what you could do if you want to... If your episodes start before the cutoff, but don't end after the cutoff, you can make... It's the all... majority of the season, right? Well, that is a factor, but there's still... The Emmys, are, the Emmys are really flexible when it comes to all sorts of things. Had Disney decided to put all the episodes onto the Emmy member uh, screener website, then it would have been okay to be nominated for this year disney clearly chose uh we're not going to ruin things like all the things that happened after may 31st um and we're not going to just put that on the streamer i think it needs to be on there by june 10th so anything that's happened in these episodes since june 10th would have potentially been spoiled so here's the good news pete 
a little bit of a longer road here because it's now going to be 13 months from when this show started, 13 and a half months from when the show started, will be Emmy nominations for 2023, summer 2023. It will be eligible at that time, longer road, but I still hope that we can dust off this feed in 13 months and say, look, multiple Emmy nominations from this series. And wouldn't that be motivation for them to come back here to do a little bit more again, having expressed uh, not only do they leave it in some space that they could t- continue to tell stories, but the interests on the behalf of everybody involved. A bit inside the Star Wars universe and so forth here, uh, Pete, what I will say without any sense of being negative here, what I will call the book of sequel potential, you know, <laughs> how, how do they continue it if it's not Kenobi season two? Um do you think, Pete, I'm going to go down a list here. Do you think that we can see Roken, who's ready to lead, can we see him as soon as this summer's Andor series, which takes place approximately five years after this? I do. I don't know if we necessarily will. Um, listen, I'm all for more of uh, O'Shea Jackson Jr.'s Kowal Roken, um, but... I don't know that they necessarily cross pollinated those productions at that time. Uh, but if there's anyone that I'd like to see uh, straight into Star Wars some more, it's this character. I think they've properly established him as a burgeoning leader. Uh, was that a a wink at, and we'll see you next in the Andor show. Um, It certainly could be. I do love the potential here. Yes, we're going to be wrapping up Ms. Marvel to the middle of July. Yes, She-Hulk starts in the middle of August, and and certainly, you know, high anticipation for, for those stories. I feel like there's this potential to go Star Wars finishing this show on a real high, and then picking up the new show where, like, the fight, continues okay it's the fight that has been continuing since star wars started it's it's in that you know rebellion ascendant era and then in one of these andor episodes boom who's here you know it's roken i feel like it's it's right there for the taking you can go i just saw him this summer and then now here it is you know in a in a september or an october episode uh i mean heck the first episode is uh august 31st but you know like here it is a couple of months later yeah so there's all that potential there, Pete. Come on, make it happen. I mean, listen, put him in in that show. I don't know that he's ready for a spinoff of his own. I certainly think that Moses Ingram uh, as Reva could continue. There's been all sorts of rumors that there's a series in development there. If I'm her, Matt, given the venom that I received, I don't know what's necessarily where I want to go. Because uh, it seems that no one's as toxic about Star Wars as some people who call themselves fans. But I also think that Kamal Nanjani's uh, Haja Estri could really be an interesting series on his own, Matt. I mean, you know, con man, you, you could have your first ever Star Wars comedy, okay? Con man. Uh, now on the run because he's pretended to be a Jedi and is assumed a Jedi. 
again, I just think with with him as a character, you mentioned Riva. Let's add to it Bail Organa. You know, Jimmy Smith's obviously the 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 highest, um, the the brightest burning star of that bunch of people. Although Camille Nanjiani, you know, Oscar nominee and so forth. But there's all this potential. Fine, Andor filmed in London. It was filmed at a time where you could fly from L.A. to London. There was less of a COVID concern. Jimmy Smith says, hold on, man. I'm in my 60s. I'm not going to fly to London and do this show. Okay, let's shoot around you. Let's have a stand-in. Let's use all our technology in L.A. and LED and all that to make it happen. Um, I think those are all possibilities for the near future. Rogan, Reva, Bale, whether it's spinoff, an unannounced show, whatever it might be. Do you think, Pete, separate category here, what are the odds of seeing Kenobi and or Qui-Gon in the Andor series. Very low. I feel like you're right. However, I don't know. I I, I don't think, I think they're going to much like Rogue One, which, you know, a lot of people point to as being a favorite from this era of Star Wars, you know, really keeping it to the war aesthetic and not, the the jedi aspect yes they they go to jedda they they touch on the idea that there were jedi obviously it's part and parcel of the universe um but to not have jedi you know neither conducting the fight nor being uh you know an active focus of the plot i think makes it different this is a a spy war type of you know, subgenre, and I think they'll they'll remain faithful to what's come before. Well, and you mentioned the the kind of public perception of Rogue One. Um, again, Andor season one will be twelve episodes. Andor season two, as of yet undated, but one would assume. I think they filmed it all back to back. One would assume. No, no, no. They haven't even started. They haven't filming. even started. Okay. Well, no, they start filming part two this fall. Okay. So possibility of a 2023 release fall, fall 2023, not impossible, maybe a bit unlikely. Um, I would say it's probably even money to say by, by new year's Eve, 2023, you've at least started season two. Just my point being, do you need further proof of Rogue One being not just beloved in some intangible way by fans, but enough for Disney to say, let's do 24 episodes across, you know, two production cycles, across two or three calendar years. Let's do that to do the Rogue One prequel series. You know, it it speaks volumes to the strength that's there in the property. I do think that. And then when you look at the characters they've created, obviously in this show, there's a lot of potential. You know, the the further we go into this Disney Plus situation, the more and more they're going to start to develop other characters. I mean, there's been news recently, Matt, as Taika Waititi is promoting Thor Love and Thunder, which, of course, we're going to podcast Um the uh, weekend that it comes out that, you know, his star Wars film, he is not interested in legacy characters. There was a quote along the lines of, you know, I'm not going to be telling a story about Chewbacca's grandmother um, in, I'm sure in his inimitable voice, Um, you know, to, to pepper in 
characters that show up in these legacy character shows and then to develop them on their own is really going to be the way to go. And then you consider, you know, that uh, Ewan McGregor's, uh, you know, significant other, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, is now filming Ahsoka. We've not had an announcement, Matt. They showed uh, Hera, but haven't named an actress yet. Smart money. That's not bad. That's not bad. Um, to go back to Taika Waititi for a second, it is interesting to think, you know, Taika Waititi, obviously super successful on the Marvel end, parlays that into the 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 more quote-unquote legit um, presentation in terms of uh, Jojo Rabbit, wins the Oscar for writing and so forth, comes back to Marvel. Uh, what So with, with a place in Marvel, with a place in, you know, I can go to, you know, I can go to the Fox end of things, or pardon me, the 20th century studio end of things and say, hey, what's a price where I can do a small, intimate, you know, Oscar kind of movie, a serious movie? What does Taika Waititi want to do with all of that capital? He wants to make Star Wars. What does Kevin Feige want to do, particularly as he has more and more lieutenants to help make this this giant MCU TV movie thing happen? What does he want to do? He wants to make a Star Wars. Like, Star Wars remains the crown jewel mm -hmm. of this IP, even if it's not the biggest grossing thing this year or the biggest talked about show last year or that sort of thing. Um, it, it's what those people want to do. Yeah, and, you know... The, the film end of it and was really the thesis of the Vanity Fair piece about these couple shows here. The, the movie stuff, it's not as dependent on that anymore. They've launched a network with Star Wars, obviously streaming with, with Disney Plus and The Mandalorian. And to see the popularity of that and then Book of Boba Fett, now Kenobi, which originally slated for your screen i mean matt i'm i'm so grateful i got this over six parts that i could see eventually when they do this film theater release type of situation marathon but i could watch it in my home and i got a whole lot more of it and i might even eventually get some more of it talk about you know what kind of stories they have left to tell uh in a moment um but they're pushing the right buttons despite the people that have a hard time with a talented black actress emoting. The strength of Star Wars, I would argue, has not... It has not been stronger in my lifetime, uh, or certainly in my kind of conscious fandom lifetime. Um, because honestly, you know, for example, unlike if there are people who went to see Phantom Menace were like, wait, Star Wars is for kids sometimes? I don't like that funny <laughs> blah, 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 guy. Star Wars is supposed to be serious. Like, okay, well, that's the only thing you got for three years um, in terms of the core live action stuff. And then, you know, if you didn't like the next two movies, then you kind of, you've been on a run for six years where you didn't like stuff versus, you know, were there some times in Book of Boba Fett where the story went, a wandering and it's because dave and uh dave and john wanted to go a wandering uh, sure they they made the show they wanted to tell were the times where it's like what's the episode with the flashbacks and then the tuscans and then the modern day back to tank stuff i don't know anywhere in the first three because it kind of all blurs together 
if you didn't love that, guess what? You got this show. If you're, well, if you're offended by Reva, uh, I don't know. You, you're probably not listening to the podcast at this point, but just the idea being there are all these different, they're, they're mining Star Wars for all these different angles. You got your Jedi, you got your bounty hunter, you got your war show coming up. You got your more spiritual Ahsoka thing in the future. It, it, they're they're hitting it from all these different angles. So what was Reva's plan, Matt? Hurt Vader by killing the son he doesn't know lived? I think that I have mentioned multiple times during the Kenobi run how sometimes Star Wars does things because it is the grand story and it is the emotion of it and it's not always the most logical bit of storytelling i felt the reva stuff again even though i'm not going to kill off luke skywalker i kind of felt the rage the pathos the emotions i do feel that maybe a lot of her canyon hunting of luke was like way underlit which was kind of a weird yeah, choice but but whatever very dark <laughs> um but I felt it all. In answer to your question, what was her plan? Her original plan was to kill Luke Skywalker. So that, I don't really know. Because she knows the Anakin thing. I mean, maybe. But then what does that do for her? She just causes him pain. Which is not bad. He's caused pain to her, like revenge and so forth. Um, but what's the? what was her actual, you know get the plans from the droid to the place to scan the plans. So now look, there's a hole and we're going to shoot a bomb down the hole. That kind of plan. No, it was not solid, uh, solid like that. I mean, she had been run through by Vader. She's survived. We know these weapons tend to cauterize the wound and we've had a litany of characters who have survived. Uh, Qui-Gon thinks that you think he's a, a joke to you, given that he died from being stabbed similarly uh but that you know does she need a plan in this instance other than i have now seen owen a child tatooine i'm gonna go violently lash out as uh sith tend to deal with such emotions yeah and if that's the lesson the lesson is you don't get ahead by venting your rage and venting your rage on others you you get ahead even with the sad irony of of you know bail saying you know we will make changes together and we know boy he's gonna be pretty unsuccessful in a major way for a good chunk of time but but the lesson is a good one but there is the you know the sacrifice of alderaan but you know good will triumph over evil um, and it will be in the generation of his daughter that, that does that. If that's the lesson, that's a great lesson, even if the particulars are, she go kill because angry. Matt, I am an unabashed, uh, unafraid lover of the sequel trilogy. I really enjoy it. Um, one thing that this show adds another layer to is Princess Leia naming her child Ben. Yes. And I think it, it there's nothing there's nothing from these six episodes that contradicts what we already knew. 
Is there still a little kind of wishy-washiness like how many Kenobis are out there and how rare a name is that? Okay, that's where you just say, I'm going to give it to Star Wars. I'm going to say, fine. And if you want to say, because Leia is a normal 10-year-old who's like, hey, that guy who saved my life brought my toy back. Hey, toy. Can't wait to play with you, toy. Um, if, if underneath that rug you're sweeping a bunch of things like, that's why she's not paying attention. As Obi-Wan says, if you ever need any more help from me, General Kenobi, who helped you during the Clone Wars, by the way, you are her father. If you're not going to be around for that discussion because you're playing with your thing, fine. We see what they're, even if it's like, well, does she really not remember this guy? Guess what? She doesn't. The show has made made uh, room for that, and I'm okay with it. Using the holster to pop Lola in there at the end, really clever, you know, bit of costuming as well as including the character. Let's talk well, about... Wait, well, Pete, I have a question for I have a question yeah. for you as the collector here, as a collector, not the sure. Marvel collector. Um, did your purchase, uh, did your pre-purchase of the um, the collector uh, quality the animatronic? There you go. Lola. Did it come with a Did it come with a holster? And if not, are they gonna? You can get an email saying surprise, <laughs> it comes with a holster. Or are you gonna have to maybe find a leather smith to smithy you a holster to have as part of your display? One of the things that's been derided by the collector community that I don't share, but then again, there are you know adults that do this that don't fully understand the production aspect is why you know have baby Yoda the minute it appears and that these are closely held secrets. Um, you know, there was a gentleman at Hasbro uh, as they were making The Force Awakens who was one of the very few that knew that Han Solo died. What are you going to do with that as far as, you know, action figure intel <laughs> nothing you're gonna have a dead figure of them you're you're, you're not gonna do that um so they've they've held back on you know the child on grogu they've held back on lola these things appear and then they go into a production phase okay now we have the, the specs have just been shared on this kind of stuff uh obviously the putting the the droid in a little holster that doesn't quite line up story-wise if you were just told that early on is not something that's shared with them because these things tend to leak out uh so why do that um that being said yeah if they throw me an email and say yeah this is now included great if not you know it's it's a selling point down the road for another item or I just think it's really cute that they've taken this and and I think Matt message too you know we weren't going to hand a 10 year old a blaster she will not be 10 forever okay there's an appropriate age at which she'd start to be able to responsibly use a gun we know the princess Leia does um but that she's got the notches in the holster kind of concealed that you could take something you wouldn't expect to find in a holster like a droid that's appropriate for a little girl here. Um, 
you know, I, I just love that they were able to merge that somebody on the set, perhaps. I don't know if that was necessarily a written thing. And then she puts it in the holster because we only see it happen as Obi-Wan is leaving. Um, but I just thought it was cute. I thought it really worked and pulling together, you know, you think of now how Princess Leia is informed her whole journey. We've, we've seen her birth. We've seen her adoption. We've seen her as a precocious child here, her first adventure, first time she's ever left Alderaan. We know where all this is going and to see it informed by this interaction. I mean, a an Imperial officer turns somebody of conscience is somebody that Leia that imprinted on Leia as a child in Indira Varma's character and pity that she didn't last the, you know, through the natural conclusion of the series, but certainly her impact uh, felt moving forward. As we said a few episodes ago, with this giant list of people who in no way can die in these six episodes. Right. Somebody's got to go. Yeah, somebody's got to go midway through it. So you go, oh my goodness, dramatic stakes. What are the theories do you have, Pete, as we are at an end? I mean, one story they could certainly tell. It's been done in the comics, but I think they could give it justice in live action. So Obi-Wan's got this outfit he's been seen in the comics now they they established he's using that in the live action portion we still have qui-gon liam neeson could come back and do some more but if only matt there was a non-chewbacca wookie character bounty hunter who had once been tasked with tracking obi-wan down uh by darth vader that would be awesome. I feel like we have all these we have all these story threads. And you had made a comment before how you are ready for more of Roken, but you don't know if the character is such that, you know, he could be it could be, you know, Roken, a Star Wars adventure. Um maybe the time is coming to do an anthology live action series. I've mentioned before, I have such fond memories of uh, the two anthology books, Tales from Jabba's Palace and Tales from the Mos Eisley Cantina. I believe there's a third one that I did not read, which was Tales of the Bounty, Bounty Hunters, Hunters or something. Okay. Tales of the Bounty Hunters. Um, overall, those books are not magnificent because sometimes you're like, uh, do I really care about the such and such? But it, it provides such it provided such a such a kaleidoscope of these characters. Let's do that anthology series. The tales of the what, I don't know. But to see, you know, Chrysanthemum on the hunt. The Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or, or, or whatever it is. Make it so that it's this slightly disparate, you know, like, type thing. Uh, frankly, I'm thinking of, of um, What If, the uh, animated Marvel show, where we were sold on each episode being standalone, at a, and at a certain point, there was a thread being woven through some of those episodes. How great would it be to get... You know, Obi-Wan Kenobi in four of eight, you know, Star Wars What If, for lack of a better title, episodes. And he's got his own story kind of going on in the background as it's the Chrysanthemum episode, the this and and so forth. As we continue to add to it, I I certainly think Star Wars content has a place for an uh, anthological series. But given the wealth of 
both established characters and events as well as the ones they discover to be popular. I mean, Matt, who wouldn't sign up for a, a Fennec Shand show, uh, make that work with, with Ming-Na. Uh, we know that they're building towards some sort of, you know, I've joked on our Star Wars podcast, a, a Star Avengers and Avengers type of team up, the Mandalorian, uh, you know, characters, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I, I think, again, it's a flavor that they can explore that we have so much of this right now. I mean, Matt, you just said Star Wars uh, is as healthy as it's been in your lifetime. If only, Matt, we could get a Hollywood legend like Kathleen Kennedy is, uh, that over the last 10 years now, Star Wars was sold to Disney in October of 2012. I'll never forget it because our lights were dark because of uh, Hurricane Sandy. And, uh, you know, it was one of the other pieces of news that was going on other than, you know, uh, power outages and, you know, the massive damage we had around here at the Jersey Shore. And uh, look at all that's come out in this 10 year period. I mean, this is as active as Star Wars has ever been. You've had the sequel trilogy. You've had two Star Wars stories. You've had the advent finally, Matt. Despite Rick McCallum's assurance, there are thousands of scripts. We finally had Star Wars hit the small screen. I still hesitate to call it TV, okay? Because it is on this filmic level, okay? And you've, you've had all of this now, and there's not a let-up in sight. And we have films coming back. So I think that eventually they will tap into some sort of anthological type of storytelling. Well, I'm certainly I'm certainly game for it. I, I look at what is confirmed ahead for this schedule. What it, what they're still working on? Like Pete, they really want to do a Lando show, but it seems like there's just one person who maybe isn't quite ready to. I still have faith that Donald Glover will come in there. There's that really cute idea people have put out there that they'd have Glover in some takes playing cards and telling the story, and then they'd have. Um, you know, Billy D. Williams and others, but that's not exactly how it happened. It happened more like this, um, you know, to do it. That'd be really cute. I, I really want my Lando show, uh, preferably with both of them, but I'll take it any way we can get it. Any other thoughts, theories, and so forth coming off of uh, what again has been promised to us as the action packed special event finale, which does not preclude a second season just that i think there's that thirst for the second season i've seen jokes you know people have taken the events of star wars and and said that this is that's the second season of obi-wan kenobi um if they want to explore it and again given the popularity and disney like a netflix is pretty coy with their uh internal numbers but that we'd been told by executive producer and star Ewan McGregor that uh, Obi-Wan was the largest launch they'd ever had, says quite a bit. Um, obviously a more established character than Mandalorian. Um, you know, the, the timing, the interest would seem to be right. I think if it's going to happen, you're going to hear it sooner uh, rather than later. 
Well, Pete, what if I told you there was a Disney-sponsored fan event the second weekend in September uh, to the point that some <laughs> things might be withheld from a non-Disney uh, fan event in the middle of the summer uh, so that in Anaheim, um, great things can be said. Do you want to make any predictions about uh, D23 happening that second weekend in September? There is, and there'll be plenty to come out on on you know both sides of the the Marvel and Star Wars, and that we cover out of Disney, um, you know, at the risk of them being overwhelming in terms of the amount announced. But uh, yeah, that certainly is plenty of time for them to get a plan together. I can't imagine Matt, and again, these are not conceived as. Uh, it, it's the Obi-Wan show that will last however many seasons, but given its popularity, given its reception, given the experience that people had, um, you know, certainly doable, if not uh, haveable. Time to dig out a communicator. Here's what we heard from others. So, Pete, people were asked uh, how many sons they would rate uh, for the finale. That's S-U-N-S on account of Tatooine having two and so forth. 3.6% uh, said one son. 1.8% uh, said two sons. 14.3% said three sons. And a whopping 80.4% gave it four sons. Some Twitter replies here. Noel Gardner at Noel Camille. Before the show came out, I wondered what the plot would be. Like The Mandalorian, they hid the true purpose of the show. I think that's what makes it great. I didn't know I needed a Leia origin story, but they did it and uh, did it well. I don't need a season two, but I would like to follow some of the new characters. Reva's Redemption, Roken, and Haja, helping Force-sensitive people. And of course, Aunt Beru, Desert Hunter. <laughs> Not a bad idea. Next, we hear from James the Sagacious, Big Killin on Twitter. I loved it. There's a legends theory about Luke uh, that he can force redeem dark side users. Explains how he got dad to turn on the emperor. Maybe he did the same to Reva. So glad we got to see Obi-Wan flex his powers and recover his powers. Uh, as powerful as Master Windu and as wise as Master Yoda. Qui-Gon finally paid off too. Uh, I would have been disappointed if we didn't get him. Next, we hear from Snow Goggles. That's at Snow Goggles. This episode was brilliant. The season was brilliant. We got Qui-Gon. So freaking fantastic. After last week's podcast, I was tempted to put a PH at the beginning of every word. Too funny. Thanks for being fantastic podcasters. Next, we hear from Darren Bell, Darth Rasslin, 79. We'll, we'll hear from Darth. Uh, love this series. Really enjoyed every episode, and the last two were awesome. The Vader-Kenobi fight was as good as I hoped. Glad Reva got a decent send-off, and we'll be interested to see what the future has in store for her. The end of the episode with Qui-Gon uh, gives me hope of a second season. I wonder if Leia holsters will be packaged with purchases of the droid. There you go, Pete. Great minds <laughs> thinking alike. Uh, like, by the way, Pete, uh, I just want to mention Vader-Kenobi fight. And what's in store for her and future all have the pH there. There you go. <laughs> Andre Yeager at Dr. Apollo 1983 says as follows. Great finale and great season. Let me just pause him right there. You don't need to rate the season yet. Don't worry. We're going to be doing a season wrap podcast next week. Uh, but I, I understand his point there. Uh, we got the Vader Obi-Wan saber fight we deserved. Reva was redeemed in the end and Vader's anger got the best of him again. Loved the voice modulation between Vader and Anakin when his helmet was damaged. Uh, added a perfect dramatic effect. 
Little Leia was killing it all the way to the end, and her final scene with Ben was perfect. Lola in the holster was a nice touch. If we don't get a season two, we at least need a Reva redemption tour terrorizing the Grand Inquisitor. Uh, and James Sagacious replies, agree. Leia's outfit did justice to who we meet in episode four and mm-hmm. Carrie Fisher. Next up, Pete from Bob Keeley. That's at R. Keeley on Twitter. Uh, Dr. Bob says a fitting finale with loose ends tied up, plenty of action, and a satisfying ending. Well done. Somehow I think Leia and Obi-Wan will meet again, dot, dot, dot. Well done there, Bob, in the under the understatement. Uh, next, Spider-Ham Lincoln, Tess LC139. Best line of the series, Ben to Luke. Hello there. I have no complaints about this episode or this series. Everything is awesome. Everything works and everything fits just like I had faith that it would. Luke and Leia are lucky kids to have been raised by those parents, and we are lucky to have received the gift that is Obi-Wan on Disney+. There's much more story to tell, but if we never get it, I'm glad with what we got. Next, we hear from Dr. Lilo. That's at Dr. Lilo1 on Twitter. So close to perfect. The only thing that would have made it better is if they'd have played Duel of the Fates over the Vader fight. Interesting idea. Uh, Ian Silverman, that's at Sylvie underscore 76, chimes in. Okay, I'm just going to say it. I think Kenobi might be the best of any new Star Wars content. Well-paced, well-constructed, well-acted, and just beautifully connects the prequels and the original trilogy by filling in so much about so many central characters and their relationships. Anakin's resentment towards Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan's pain and regret at his failures, Owen and Baru, Bale and Breha, and everyone who cares about the twins, etc., I was wondering if any of the showdowns, duels, exchanges would feel anticlimactic since we know who uh, is and isn't around in A New Hope, but somehow they still, uh, it all still worked. Definitely thinking slash hoping we'll see more of Riva and or Roken and or Haja in future shows or films. One nitpick, it never worked for me, even in A New Hope. When Obi-Wan referred to Vader as Darth, I get that. Here it's making the point that Anakin is gone, but Darth, but isn't Darth a universal Sith title rather than a name that scene had some excellent nods to lines from movies though vader saying that he himself killed anakin just as obi-wan will later tell luke and then obi-wan's then my friend is truly dead echoing mm-hmm. luke from return of the jedi obi-wan's farewell to leia talking about her parents hit all the right notes and gave me all the feels and speaking of obi-wan and luke references to the films his hello there at the end was just then he has a gif gif chef's kiss perfect <laughs> uh pete how do you reply to the notion that darth is a sith title it is um but they did not know that at the time when they were making the original star wars uh so guinness and the character subsequently treated like that's his first name so to have uh, Ewan McGregor say it here, given that he's going to say it again, I, I think works if he says he says goodbye, Vader. Um, you know, it, it doesn't work and it tracks with the idea that, all right, you, you've you fallen to this and, and there you are. Next, we hear from Strange New Tweets. That's at KCLYLE1. Great finish. Uh, the lightsaber fight was great and the use of the force to bury and free Obi-Wan was very cool. I'm glad Reva got a bit of rehab. Hope to see more of her. Hopefully this isn't the last of the series. It wasn't really what I expected, but I loved it anyway. Uh, We hear next from Carlo Marx. Pete, not to be confused with the other 
guy who was a writer a couple of centuries ago. <laughs> uh, that's Carlo Mark Seven. Such a good finale. Loved the Kenobi v Vader fight and his face reveal. I'm torn if I feel we uh, if I feel we need a second season because I feel like this ended perfectly. Either way, it was a fantastic series. Cheers, fellas, uh, and that's fantastic with a ph. Snow goggles replies and says, "Fellas should be with a ph." <laughs> Penultimately, I, Pete. I love our listeners and our followers that 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 one little thing has just continued to take on a life of its own. Absolutely. Uh, penultimately, we hear from Drive By Wrestling Pod. That's at Drive By Pod. Absolute perfection. What an epic end to an amazing story. And last, Pete, but never least in our hearts is LMD Mary. That's at Geek Kirk, who says, I didn't want this show at all. And yet they gave me a, a story I didn't know I needed. A story of a little Leia and a tired veteran regaining hope. This is now right at the top with Rogue One in my Star Wars ranking. So very amazing. Mary, who is a massive fan of the Mandalorian and obviously the breakout character of the child of Grogu. So I think that's the ultimate compliment, Matt, that, that you won somebody over that though they like star Wars, wasn't sure they needed this show. Um, and the misdirect with uh, little Leia. Checking the email inbox. We had to hear from Stacy who sent us an email on both star Wars and star Trek. Uh, she notes that, uh, the intention of crossing the streams is because this week's episodes are evidence of why they're both worth the love. We'll focus here, Pete, on the Kenobi email. Uh, Stacy says what a satisfying finale this was, except for that 10-minute section in the middle where it was too freaking dark to see anything. What's the point of filming a scene if we can't even tell what's happening in it? What I could see of the Obi-Wan and Vader fight was so good. Obi-Wan's face was lit by his saber. That was a great effect. His clear agony at fighting his friend again, I could feel it. I definitely didn't have Owen and Baru being badasses on my bingo card, but they sure did fight like they meant it. When Reva said to Owen, you love him like your own, and Owen responded, he is my own, phew, makes me look at Owen and Baru in a different light. Love the ending on Alderaan. Leia's outfit a nod to how she'll dress when she's older, mom accepting it, dad telling her they'll change things together, and the cherry on the Sunday, Obi-Wan stopping in to let Leia know he's okay. Vivian Lira, Blair's grin, how could you not smile too? And the end when Ben goes to see Owen to say goodbye, but Owen asks if he wants to meet Luke, ugh, my heart. This is my favorite of the Star Wars shows so far, so I do hope there will be more, uh, if not. I'm happy with how it wrapped up. I think, Pete, that reflects a lot of um, a lot of our own perspectives there. A lot of time on the podcast, of course, going back and forth. Season two, yes, no, and and all of that. Uh, time will tell, but certainly as Stacy, a.k.a. Stingray, a.k.a. TrekGirl88 on Twitter said, this was really, really an engaging finale for things. Pete, what feedback do you have on your end? On the Fantastic Geek Facebook page, Matt, Steve Adams writes in, What a satisfying finale for Obi-Wan Kenobi. What an amazing duel between Obi-Wan and Vader. This was the fight we wanted from the start. It's always incredible to see the Force unleashed like it was here. Nice job by the writers to have Vader give Obi-Wan the line he would later tell Luke about the death of Anakin. The voice effects after Vader's helmet was damaged was very nicely done. 
in some ways it was more sinister and threatening than his usual voice. I especially loved listening as Obi-Wan told Leia about her parents. This was a touching scene acted very well by all involved. I will admit, I am still not entirely sure why Reva went after Luke. It seemed maybe she was trying to get to Vader by attacking the son he didn't know he had. Uh, anyway, except for that small point, I found very little to be unhappy about. Great episode, great season. Allow me to cast my vote for season two. Until then, stay fantastic. And he spelled that with the P and the H. The season two discussion has me remembering the the wonderful surprise at the end of Loki season one. You know, Loki will return in season two. Here we are, Pete. I don't remember the exact date that, that started. Though I can tell you, actually, if I look at my wall, June 9th. So just the point being, here we are now, 11 months later. Hey, it's awesome that season two is coming. They haven't started filming it. It's not coming out this year. I guess it'll come out next year. I'm not saying that I'm down on a season two experience at all, but my most excited point to find out that there was a season two was when I found out on July 14th, 2021, there's going to be a season two. I'm going to be less than that point when it finally comes out. My point being, yeah, leave them wanting more. I don't know if, you know, Kenobi season two is going to start filming in February to come out maybe... Uh, New Year's Day 2024. Like, sometimes leaving wanting more is just leaving wanting more. Pete, always leaving us wanting more is the grand Fred of the Netherlands, whose voice we hear now. Hello, Matt and Pete, and all listeners to Fantastic Geek. This is Fred from the Netherlands with some feedback for Obi-Wan Kenobi Season 1, Episode 6, the Season 1 Finale. What are the chances of a season 2? I think that's a fair question because though the show was set records for Disney Plus for the most watched premiere ever, uh, it always have been billed as a limited series. And there has no, as far as I could find on the internet, official confirmation. On the other hand, there is still time in the Star Wars timeline to put a, an extra season in. Nevertheless, I think that if you look at the end of this season, it could be a wrap-up. And the open ends are very limited in the sense of you really need a second season. It easily could connect to the rest of Star Wars canon, I think. I gave this episode an 8, and for the whole series it would be a 9 on IMDb, actually an 8.6666, so 8.7, because the first four episodes I all gave a 9, and the, these last two episodes I gave an 8. Why this episode an 8? I do like lightsaber fights, but it took me just a little bit too long, it was too much. Of course we know from the timeline that Darth Vader should survive, but also Obi-Wan. But I think it was actually quite weak that even after he really confirmed Anakin Skywalker is gone, that he didn't kill Darth Vader. Of course he can't because of the timeline, but actually in the, in the, in the story he should have done it especially after he got the confirmation that Anakin is not in there anymore. Although he could have his doubts if that is really true. 
But perhaps that's just the limitations of having to fit into the canon. Okay, that will be all for this season of Obi-Wan Kenobi, or perhaps for the series. Thank you very much for your podcast, and thank you very much for this ride. Greetings, all the best, Fred from the Netherlands. Fred, your wisdom always appreciated, and some interesting points there, Pete. Again, continuing to this season two or not discussion, the notion that we've already kind of elbowed our way into the timeline, into expectations, subverting expectations and all of that. Can it be reasonably done again? That's an interesting point there from Fred. There is a high wire act that that they successfully traversed. Uh, Fred's words kind of cast the season two discussion in a new light in terms of, you know, can you really do all that again? I must confess I had not stopped to think of the Vader-Kenobi fight as something lacking dramatic possibilities in that we know how it's going to end. Of course, we talked about that for other elements of the series. I think a fair point there as well from Fred. Um, So maybe, maybe there is an argument despite all the goodwill and all the numbers and so forth, maybe to just not go back, not try and replicate this again for fear of, of taking the shine off of it. I don't, I don't know. I suppose time will tell. Thanks again, Fred, Matt, we want to take a second here to thank all of our patrons to patreon.com slash fantastic geek that have made not just this uh, podcasting season of Obi-Wan Kenobi, and we'll still bring you the season wrap next week possible but also all of our podcasting as we kind of wrap up this June Boone uh, heavy podcast schedule of three episodes a week, still going to have the Ms. Marvel, still going to have the Star Trek Strange New Worlds over the next three weeks, and then bringing you Thor Love and Thunder as well. Pete, look, sometimes some ships, they have a problem with the motivator or the hyperdrive, and sometimes it takes Roken like a really long time to fix it. You know what keeps us motivated is those people <laughs> who support us on patreon.com slash fantastic geek. We have long since lost count as to how many consecutive weeks we have podcasted something, and uh, that is truly a testament to those who keep us going there. Keep those hyperdrives hyperdriving, uh, and thanks as always to those who go to patreon.com slash fantastic geek pete as we do start to turn our minds towards that discussion next week same time uh looking at the season as a whole how can people be in touch with you to talk star wars you can find me on twitter at peter p-i-e-t-e-r-j-k-e-t-e-l-a-a-r 12,594 followers can't be wrong well, I'm personally on Twitter as Looking Back Lost. Do be in touch with the podcast. Comment on FantasticGeek.com. Check us out on Twitter, Instagram, and Gmail, where we are Fantastic Geek as well. But maybe there's more. Facebook.com slash Fantastic Geek. All one word with the P and the H like it today. Pete, as we start to wrap things up here, one more reminder that we're going to be still talking about the season as a whole next week. Uh, as for what's next on the Pop Culture Podcast feed, talking the unique delightful heartbreaking uh star trek stranger worlds episode 108 we'll be having that conversation tomorrow continuing with ms marvel on marvel fridays and then uh, back for kenobi this time next week as we wrap things up there for now though pete i will say adios to all the listeners and give you the final word i was always here you just weren't ready to see me